Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to be with us. You said that when we gather in your name, that you are here in the midst of us. And so we acknowledge you and we thank you that you want to get revelation knowledge to us. You want to teach us how to live in your kingdom. You want to teach us who you are. You want to give us revelation. And so we just receive that today. And we're asking you to open our eyes and our ears to hear, to really understand what you're saying to us. And help us, Lord, to be as faithful to you as you are to us. Help us to apply your word to our lives and to be the, the um, ones that you call to make a difference, to be doing that greater work. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. I'm so in love with him. And he is. He is just wanting us to have understanding. He wants us to have revelation knowledge so that we can have his way so we can live in heaven on the earth. And, you know, so much of the time we are misrepresenting him. When we don't get our prayers answered, we're misrepresenting him. And it's really because of our unbelief. And you might think you believe, but Jesus is going to show us today how we lack in faith, how we really don't believe. I want to read to you John 15. John 15, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away. He trims it off, takes it away. He cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more richer and excellent fruit. And so when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, then he's going to start getting the debt out of your life so that you can have his fruit, so that you can have happiness, peace, joy, contentment, so you can be love, loving and patient and kind, so that you can show who he is. So that you and you say and do what he says and do. So you represent the Father. That's what he's saying here. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I've given you, the, the teachings I have discussed with you. So he's telling the disciples that word that he gave them, that revelation knowledge, that cleansed them. Having understanding, his wisdom, revelation knowledge is what cleanses us and, and, and prunes us and gets the dead out of our life. The word gets the unbelief out of your life. And so when we're putting the word in our heart, we're going to believe. We're going to have faith. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding and being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. And so he's saying, as you dwell in me and I'm in you, you know, as we're in agreement, then he said, unless we're in agreement, you can't do anything without me. So we can't be a Christian without him. We can't go off on our own and try to figure it out without him. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Actually, I'm going to read four again because I think I got these two mixed up. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself, abiding and vitally united to me, neither can you bear fruit um, 
unless you abide in me, well, I guess this says the same thing, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers, and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. Now, you know, I know that um, we, we don't look at that fact, but really what he's saying is if we're not in union with him, we're an unbeliever. And sometimes we think we're a believer, but we don't believe. And he's saying that if a person doesn't dwell in him, he's thrown off into the fire. He's gathered up as dead branches because without him, we're dead. We're not alive, right? We're not in the vine. We're not living. We might think we are, but we're not. If you live in me, vitally, vital, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it'll be done for you. When you bear, produce much fruit, my Father's honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourself to be true disciples of mine. I have loved you just as my Father has loved me. Abide in my love, continue in his love with me. And so I want to say this again. If you live in me, if you're united to me, if we're in agreement with him, my words remain in you. This is the word of God. This is him, his words. If they remain in you and you continue to, my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, then you can ask what you will and it will be done for you. When you produce and you bear much fruit, my Father's honored and glorified, and you show to be proved to be yourselves to be true followers. So backwards, if we don't continue in him, we don't bear fruit, we don't get our prayers answered, God is not glorified, and we prove to not be true followers of his. <laughs> Reading that backwards, right? And so that's what God is saying to us today. You know, if you're not getting your prayers answered, then you're really not in agreement with him. And we're not proving to be true disciples of his, and we're not glorifying the Father. And we don't want to live that way. We don't want to be hypocrites. But we're doing it because we don't get it. Let me show you what happens. Um, going backwards. Jesus explained it in Mark 4. Mark 4, um, Jesus tells, the wisdom, the revelation knowledge that we need. As soon as, as soon as you ask Jesus to come on the inside of you, he's going to get those dead branches off of you so you can be in agreement with him. That's the plan. You're going to be recreated in him. But as soon as that starts, I'm going to tell you even before I read it, as soon as that starts, Jesus said, if you don't understand this one thing, you don't understand anything, the enemy's going to come and try to take it. So here you are getting recreated in Christ Jesus, all excited to get born again, and Jesus is showing you the truth. And when you live in the truth, that is when you get your prayers answered. That is when you're glorifying the Father. That's when you're his disciple. And so Satan wants to mess that up because he is out to kill, still and destroy so he comes and he chokes that out of you. Jesus said that in Mark 4. He said, um, am I thinking the wrong thing? I'm in Matthew, no wonder. Matthew, Mark. <laughs> so Jesus said that if you don't get this, 
you're not going to get anything. As soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and try to take it from you. And we know in the beginning was the word and the word is God. So he's trying to take God from you. He's trying to take the word of God from you so you're not in agreement with God. And he comes in with all kinds of stuff to try to get you distracted from the word so he can take God from you. So you're not in agreement with God. So you're in agreement with him. You're in agreement with the world. You're in agreement, running around in circles, you know, getting all confused. If you don't have the word, you're not going to have perspective. You're not going to be abiding. You're not going to be in agreement with Jesus. That's what Jesus said. And then we're not going to be proving to be true disciples of his. And so that's Satan's goal. He's trying to steal from you so you're not in agreement with him. So you're not having fruit. So you're looking like a false prophet. So you're, you're not looking attractive to the rest of the world. They don't see a difference between us and them. And then we're going to be gathered up like dead branches. But we have the answer, and it's up to us to do the answer. Right here, Jesus tells us. He was teaching, um, verse 1, he was teaching, verse 2, he taught them many things. Verse 3, give attention to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he was sowing, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed of the same kind fell on the ground full of rocks where it had not much soil. And at once it sprang up because it had um, death soil. But when the sun came up, it was scorched because it had not taken root. Verse 7 said, Other seed fell on the same kind, but other seed of the same kind fell among the thorns, and the thistles grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated it and it yielded no grain. So he's talking about the dirt, and when you put seed in the dirt, and then when he explained it, he said, it's the word of God planted in your heart and all the different stages that um, we go through and all the different ways that Satan's going to come and try to take it. So anyway, when they, they asked, he said, the sower sows the words, and the ones along the path, are those are the words sown in their heart. But as soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and tries to take that message from them. The verse before, he said, if you don't understand this, this one thing, then you're not going to understand anything. God is constantly trying to put your, the word in your heart because he wants you in agreement with him so you can prove to be a true disciple of his so he can take care of you so you can live in the kingdom of God right here, right now on the, on the earth and show who he is. Be that witness that you were called to be, to do that greater work. But instead, we get messed up by the enemy because we don't know this. So many people think we shouldn't have revelation knowledge, but if you don't have revelation knowledge, you're not going to have understanding. You're not going to know what's going on. You're going to think things of God that aren't true. You're going to be confused, and you're not going to have your prayers answered. We're going to be sick like them. We're going to be broke like them. We're going to be in sin like them because Satan got us off the path. He got us off of that vine. And God is trying to get the dead branches off when we get born again so that we can prove to be true disciples of his, so we can live in the kingdom of heaven on the earth and we can do his work. And Satan is trying to stop that. So anyway, all the stuff that he was talking about and um, verse 7, he explains, you know, what um, the enemy uses and um, persecution, offense, um, 
Um, all those things get us to stumble and fall away. Cares, anxieties of the world, distractions of the age, glamour, deceitfulness of riches. Anything he can get, anything he can get you distracted with to keep you from being recreated in Christ Jesus, to get your attention away from what you just decided to do, he's going to do that. And when you just start out, you're ignorant of the word and you only last for a little while. Things don't work out like sometimes people um, except Jesus come in their heart because all of a sudden they decide they want to be healed. And if it doesn't work out, they quit and they give up. And Satan, he, he's the one who's trying to steal that from them, from you. So he just brings all kinds of confusion and unbelief. And, you know, you got to have a chance to grow up. You got to give Jesus a chance to get those dead branches off you that doubt and unbelief out of you. You gotta give him a chance to help you to learn to be in agreement with him. And then Satan's not gonna be able to do that to you. So the whole thing is, is when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, and um, he starts doing that recreation, Satan's gonna come. And we need to know that, that's revelation knowledge. He's gonna come and try to steal God from you because he doesn't want you living in that place where whatever you ask, it'll happen for you. Proving to be true disciples of his. Having his power in your life to show others who he is. He doesn't want you to have that. And so as soon as you hear the word, he's going to come. And you got to know that. It's revelation knowledge. You have to know. And he's going to come. And he's just like he did a fall. He's going to put a thorn in your side to try to steal that revelation from you. Whatever the thorn is, it doesn't matter. It's a distraction. It's a worry. It's a care. So you don't have understanding. He does not want you to have revelation knowledge. And so when you persist to get up and get that word in your heart, that's when Jesus can give you revelation knowledge. That's when he can get those dead branches out of your life. If we're not in agreement with him, then we don't believe him because we can't believe him if we're not in agreement with him. If we're not in agreement with him, we're not going to obey him and we're not going to even know what he's saying. And, you know, that's the whole point. That's the whole thing Satan's trying to take from you. He's trying to get that word from you, that understanding. He's trying to grab your faith from you. And when he takes the word from you, he's got it all. And so Jesus wanted us to know and he said, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything. As soon as you hear the word of God, Satan's going to come and try to take it. And this is how he tries to do it. Verse 7. I want to read that again. I think that's a cool explanation right there. Verse 7. Other seed of the same kind fell among the plants, and thistles grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated it, and it yielded no grain. That's a good example of what I'm, what I'm thinking I want to say. And so you're seeking God, you get born again, you're learning how to live in his kingdom, you're all excited, and then he makes all this stuff happen in your life to overwhelm you, you know, one thing after another to distract you from the very thing that you were learning, and that is learning who Jesus is, getting in the word of God and finding out who he is. And, you know, some people even listen to him and say, that's a waste of time, that was then, this is now. He's not real. All kinds of lies that he tells. And you need to know that he's a liar. Jesus said there's no truth in him. 
You need to know that the word is the one thing that you do need. You do need that. And he's going to come in and lie to you and tell you you don't need to look at it. In fact, he has some people um, thinking that the book is nothing. They don't have to look at it. They don't have to refer to it. And um, it's such a lie. What I started out thinking I was going to say is in Corinthians, it says to take captive every thought and make it line up with the word of God. And the word of God is faith. It's Jesus. So you take every thought and you make it line up with faith. It lines up with the word of God. Every thought that comes, if it doesn't match the word of God, is not a God thought. It's a Satan thought. And that's how he comes to trip you up. And he even twists the word. He uses a word. We know that. He did that to Jesus in Matthew 4. And um, when he tempted Jesus. But Jesus knew the word of God. And so Satan wasn't able to tempt him. And so he had understanding. He had revelation knowledge. And we have to have revelation knowledge to walk in his footsteps. We do. And so here we are. We get born again. And we're, we're searching the word and we're getting to know Jesus. And Satan comes and causes this big thing, the, all this chaos to steal that word from us. And, you know, even if he's successful and you keep seeking God, you're going to get to the place where you get it. Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And so I wanted to give you some examples. I, I think I got the message out there, but I want to give you some examples of you know, to, to make it clear in your thinking. The Word of God tells us that we have to have faith action, to have faith. And if we're not in agreement with that, if we don't believe that, then we're not in agreement with Jesus. The Word of God tells us we need to forgive and to love. And if we're not in agreement with that, we're not in agreement with Jesus. The Word of God says, by His stripes we were healed. And if we're not in agreement with that, if you don't believe that, then you're not in agreement with Jesus. And that's why we don't receive from him. Those are just a few examples. The word says we're to call those things to be not as though they were, to keep on seeking, to not gossip, to not judge. And so if we don't agree with that by living that out, then we're not in agreement with him. And those are the dead branches he wants to get out of our lives. So we are in agreement with him. And so then when we ask, whatever we ask happens, and God is glorified, and we're proving to be true disciples of His. And if we're not, we're just dead branches, and we're going to be gathered up and thrown into the fire. That's a scary thing. And so, you know, really, even though you say a prayer and you think you're a Christian, and you don't agree with God, um, it sounds like you're going to be a bunch of dead branches bundled up and thrown into the fire. I didn't write this. It's in um, John 15. Jesus said it. John 15, 1 through 9. Read it. And find out for yourself what the Word of God says. The Word of God is really not that hard to understand. You know, first you got to ask Him to help you understand. And then if you really want truth, if you're open to correction, He's going to correct you. He's going to show you the truth. He's not going to hold back from you. You know, if you have ears to hear, if you want to be corrected and you want to be right with him and you want to live in his kingdom, he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you the truth, and that truth will set you free. You're going to know that truth, and that truth is going to set you free. That is going to get that thorn out of your side. When you are a doer of the word, then you're right with him. If we just hear the word and hear the word and don't apply it, we're not a doer of the word. We're not in agreement 
with that word. And so if you're in agreement with God, then you're going to live by the word of God. When you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, it should be a lifestyle change. Because he said the kingdom of God isn't here or there, but it's within you. And so you're, you're letting him in there, and you're living in the kingdom of God right here on the earth. And that is a lifestyle change. We're not going to live the way we lived before. And, you know, when Jesus came, he didn't, he didn't conform to the way we live. But he lived in heaven on the earth. And he said, when the disciples asked to pray, he said, pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's going to happen through us through us being in agreement with him. If we don't abide in him and he doesn't abide in us, if we're not in agreement with him, then we're really just an unbeliever. An unbeliever doesn't have Jesus abiding on the inside of them. They don't even know the word. And so they're not in agreement with him and they can't even see him unless we represent him, unless we show them who he is by being in agreement with him. And then he's going to be in us, and they're going to see him in us. And so, you know, I just think God is really talking to the Christians today. Maybe, you know, you call yourself a Christian, and you're really not a Christian because you're not in agreement. You have excuses for the things that you know that he said. And, you know, he's not holding that against you. He forgives you. And you can get it right with him every time. But if you persistently ignore him, and you don't want to be in agreement with him, you don't get recreated, you don't let him get the dead out of your life, then you're going to be in disagreement with him. And if you're in disagreement with him, then you're not a true disciple. I know I'm saying this over and over, but I want you to get it. I mean, really, the opposite is true. If we're not glorifying the Father, if we're not getting what we're asking for, if we're not in agreement with Jesus, then we're in disagreement with him. If he doesn't abide in us, then he... He doesn't abide in us. If he, if he abides in us, is different than if he doesn't abide in us. And he only abides in us when we're in agreement with him. And he said, if your word is in me, if my word is in you, and I'm in you. Should I read it again? Because <laughs> I got that a little messed up. John 15. And this is an amplified classic Bible. And so there's a lot of extra words, but I think they're pretty cool. But he said, dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in me, being vitally united to me, to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. And so a person that thinks they're born again, but they're not abiding, you're really not doing anything with him in his power. You're just kind of acting something out. And I don't think we get in that place on purpose. Of course, we have an enemy and we need to know that. And we need to know we have authority over him and he shouldn't be ruling in our lives. We should be telling him what to do, not him, us. And we have to have revelation knowledge. Don't be fooled by, um, I'll just call it the church lie that tells you you're not supposed to have revelation because you're going to get too puffed up. It was, it was that Satan didn't want him too puffed up with revelation knowledge why he was bothering him. If Satan starts bothering you, it's because he's the one you to know. If, he, if you don't know, then you're in the dark. And if you're in the dark, you're not in the light and you can't do that work. Anyway, um, he's saying, no branch can be vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. 
Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. Apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown off like a broken branch and withers such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they're burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. When you bear and produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So there's a true follower and not a true follower. And a true follower agrees with Jesus. So the thing is, you got to get in the word and become in agreement with it. Not try to get get God to agree with you, but you agree with him. And then whatever you ask, it's going to happen. And yeah, it's going to take a while to get to that agreement because we're so conformed to the world. But he can do it. He can change you. It's exciting the things he can do if you just conform. Just just let him be your boss and come in agreement with him. And amazing things will happen to you and in you and around you and affect those that you love around you. You're going to be walking on the narrow path and you're going to be showing the truth. You're not going to be the blind leading the blind. One thing is needful is the word. He said that. Mary and Martha were having a little, well, Martha was having a little thing. She got all busy about stuff. And Mary just wanted the word. And Jesus was saying, yeah, the word is what you need. All that busyness, it's all distractions from the enemy. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just, it just is, it comes with a purpose to take God away from you. So you got to control it. You got to get busy with him. And then the other things can wait. Never ask Jesus to come, live on the inside of you. Revelation says he's knocking at the door of your heart, just waiting for you to invite him in. And I just want to give you that opportunity to invite him in. If you call upon him, you can be saved. You can, but you got to call upon him all the time. When you call upon him, that means in every situation, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And you're going to fall so in love with him when you do that, because he is the answer for everything. He's your source. He's everything you need. All those other things are just distractions. I can't say that enough. All the other things that come in and try to choke the word out of you are sent by Satan. He is trying to put a thorn in your side. He is trying to keep you from God. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And so when you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, you got to just really focus on him and get up every day and look at the word and ask him to help. You can't do anything without him. You can't do anything unless you're connected with him. So you got to keep putting that word in your heart to stay connected with him. It's a lifestyle change. He's going to teach you how to live in heaven on the earth, and that is exciting. And so if you want to say that prayer with me, I'd love to say it with you right now. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you for coming and living on the inside of us. We thank you that you're there all the time. You're going to be our counselor, our standby, whatever we need. You're going to tell us things to come. You're going to remind us of the things you said. You're going to teach us how to live in your kingdom and how to be faithful to you. We thank you and praise you right now, Lord, for just coming in and, and making us alive, getting those dead branches out of our lives. Help us to believe you. Help us, Lord, to be like you, to represent you, to do that greater work, to, to be a strong witness for you. We love you and praise you, give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So that's up to you, you know, to be that strong witness. It's up to you to put the word in your heart. It's up to you to stay in agreement with Jesus. And yeah, we can't do anything without him and he's going to help you. Satan's going to tell you it's too hard. Remember, he's just a thought away. He's always going to try to be stealing from you and tripping you up to steal Jesus from you. He wants to do that. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He is God's enemy. And when you ask Jesus to come to live on the inside of you, he's your enemy too. And he's going to try to trip you up and get you to live just the way you lived before or even worse. He's going to try to get you to be a poor example of Jesus. And we don't want to do that. We want to stay on that narrow path and press in. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So you can do this thing. You can press in and get in agreement with Jesus and get healed and get in agreement with Jesus and have peace and get in agreement with Jesus and do that greater work. Be that witness. You can say and do what he said and do. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's going to come and live on the inside of you and make you strong. In your weakness, you have his strength. God is so good, so in love with him. I hope that today that you had some revelation knowledge and you understand that you have to be abiding with him. You have to be in agreement with him. If I inspired you in any way, if you asked Jesus for the first time to come and live on the inside of you, I'd love it so much if you let me know. And remember, if you said that prayer for the first time, you're going to have to fight to get this word in your heart because Satan's going to try to take it. Soon as you hear the word, he's going to come and try to take it. But you don't have to let him. You can just keep on pressing on, keep going and keep going and keep going. Jesus is going to help you. Thanks so much for listening today and God bless you.